it. All right. All right, everybody, welcome back to Dedicated to Growth. I am so excited to have you here for another episode. Today, I am joined by Jess. Jess is an online fitness and nutrition coach, just like me, as well as an in-person trainer. And she helps women focus on building muscle, athleticism, and just falling in love with fitness. I am so excited to have her on with us to kind of just dive deeper into her story, how she's created her career out here in San Diego, and what got you into where you are today. So welcome, Jess. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you for having me, Sarah. Absolutely. I'm so excited to have you on. And I always like to just kind of start off by just talking a little bit about kind of your origin story. So like where you're from, your life growing up and how you got into fitness. So tell us a little bit about young Jess. Young Jess. Okay. Well, first of all, I'm from Virginia, which is the complete opposite side of the country. So pretty far from home. And Growing up, I've always had body image issues. I did grow up like overweight as a kid and I've always struggled with body dysmorphia ever since I was like eight years old probably. So my relationship with food and exercising was pretty unhealthy from a very young age. So it's gotten to the point where I decided to change my lifestyle and also like just something just like clicked in my head to where, you know what, I was like, I'm sick of the comments. I'm sick of like my mom, like, like commenting about my weight and also like all this stuff happening. So I decided to get into sports. I played soccer and tennis. I also like ran in high school and college and I definitely dropped the weight um, through sports, but my relationship with food has always been a huge struggle for me, right? Because <laughs> I did keto. I also did like keto when I was running in high school, which is absolutely stupid. Oh my gosh. Um, so you was- did all of those when you were really young then? Yeah, yeah, I did. And it was like crazy because like looking back on it, I'm just like, why did I choose to like, di- like, you- like completely like, disregard carbs when I needed it the most with cardio right because I was running like I think around like 40 to 50 miles per week and I remember my senior year of high school I decided to like cut out all carbs for about a month um wow oh wow <laughs> and um, so that was kind of your start into like learning about diet culture or where did you even learn about these diets when you were so young was it your family life or was it just like social media or uh, regular media So it was social media and my aunt is a personal trainer. And during that time, I feel like paleo diets were so big that time. I feel like a lot of people were into paleo diets. So I know that she was kind of into that. And then it got me um, curious about other fad diets out there. And I didn't um, know that cutting out carbs was actually called keto at that time. So like I was doing keto without knowing that it was called keto. Do you know what I mean? (laughs) Oh my gosh, absolutely. And I mean, I did too pretty much at that age because that was what was all over in the media and like Cosmopolitan Magazine and like Mm -hmm. Seventeen Magazine and kind of all of those like mainstream media circuits when I we were in like probably the end of middle school and high school, which is so crazy. Mm -hmm. Um, So do you feel like your family had a lot of influence on kind of your decision to do that? Or did they notice that you were dieting at such a young age? Yeah, so like they didn't know I was cutting out carbs for my diet. And then I just remember this 
um, I actually was going to talk about a memory I had that sticks with me. Um, my dad one time told me, like, I looked so pale. I looked so tired all the time. And, like, one day I just collapsed. I collapsed. Like, I was so tired. And I remember that he made me a peanut butter and jelly sandwich right away. And he, like, force-fed it to me. And as soon as I ate it, I felt so much better like it was crazy like I will never forget that moment and it was like a huge wake-up call to me that I shouldn't be um eating the way I was eating basically um because it's led me to that point where I was just so depleted of my energy because I uh, like you know not eating carbs obviously so yeah. I was that moment and they were a little concerned with me, especially with like over exercising because I did struggle with that for quite a bit. And then throughout college too, like when I competed in college, I still struggled with over exercising. And then binge eating was also something that I have struggled with as well. So it's a lot of things. It was a huge roller coaster ride, but um, it's definitely helped me learn. And help me understand what people go through when they're currently going through the issues that I used to go through with binge eating and over-exercising and body image and all that stuff. Yeah, no. And it sounds like, again, you, you went through all of that at such a young age as well. Did you ever get, um, like, any professional help at that age? Because, I mean, when I was, like, 14, 15, I had an eating disorder and I, mm-hmm. I did go to therapy. I did see a dietitian. I did get a lot of, like, that actual professional help. And I do – I mean, I don't think for me it actually made that much of a difference. If And, I mean, that's – my story that I've told a million times, but do you, did you ever see someone about that or get it? No, I didn't. I actually like did it. I I wish I did too, because I wish that like the issues would be, you know, I would like avoid them at such a young age so that they wouldn't like come with college, you know, cause I was class of 2020. So I recently graduated. So I had these problems like pretty recently, like two years ago, And I wish I did seek professional help so that I could avoid those issues when I was in college and um, doing all the running and um, avoiding injuries because I got, I got injured a lot because I wasn't properly feeling myself and I was over-exercising actually. So it's definitely something I wish I had if I could go back. Yeah, absolutely. And did you tell anyone that you kind of felt like struggling with these things or were you just in like complete denial about it? I was in complete denial. I had this all or nothing mentality and I was just stuck in my ways. Like I, um, like my coach would watch me like a hawk and make sure that I take a rest day because I refused like to take a rest day. You know what I mean? So that's yeah. the type of because I was afraid, um, unconsciously that I was going to revert back to where I was when I was little, when I was overweight. Um, right. So- and you just internalize all of that being told like you're overweight, you're overweight when you're so young. <laughs> so even as you get older and the pounds might drop off, you kind of still have those again, like the body image issues that kind of stay with you. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. And do you feel like you s- still struggle with body image? And if so, my kind of question off of that is kind of like, how do you cope when you do have bad body image days? Because we all have bad body image days, but kind of like, what are your coping mechanisms now? Yeah, so I actually just came back from Mexico, and I did a lot of drinking. I um, didn't eat the best. I also didn't work out, and I wasn't consistent with it. 
Um, so when I came back, I definitely struggled with body image and I did put on some body fat for sure. And it was discouraging, but I actually did talk about this on my story today, but the best thing for me is whenever I feel the way I feel in terms of, am I losing progress? Am I feeling discouraged? Or, um, if I'm not feeling confident in my own skin, I focus on the daily habits And I pick like three to five and become very specific with it. And I make them non-negotiables because um, you know what to do to get to where you need to be. And you, at a point you reach a certain point, a certain level where you make progress that you're satisfied with. So you got to think back to like, what did you do to get to where you were? And how are you going to get back to that again? You have to start with those daily habits again and just become consistent with it again. So- focus on those daily habits rather than trying to focus on the end goal and that's what we all tend to do I feel like we all tend to just focus on that one end goal but we don't take into account of what we need to do to get there so that's why I become super specific with those daily habits and I hone in on them and just make sure that I'm very precise about it and make promises to myself that I will be consistent with it. Absolutely. And I think, I mean, that's kind of a big topic in general that I'm sure you see with your clients, but I see with my clients pretty much every week, like whether a client is sick, so they can't work out for a couple days or an injury or they go on vacation. Mm -hmm. I think getting back home, there's always, you put so much pressure on yourself, like to want to go to those extremes or want to overcompensate when in reality, the best thing you can do is really just zone back in on those helpful (laughs) habits. Because the pressure and the stress that you put on yourself to like revert back or overcompensate, it's just going to put your body and you under more stress, which really doesn't do anything for your long-term progress or happiness. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. And I think that's what people tend to forget. Like they worry about going on vacation and not staying on track and they're afraid they're going to lose all their progress, but then they forget how long it's taken them to get to where they want to be. So it's not logical to think that, one week of not being on track is going to make them lose three to six months of their progress, right? Oh, absolutely. And I think that's a cycle so many women get caught up in, and especially women who have a history with binge eating or restricting or whatever it is. It's, it's easy to want to go back and take that to an extreme when, in fact, that's probably the worst thing you can do for yourself, both yeah. mentally and physically, because you're just you're reiterating to yourself in your mind that you have to go to an extreme in order to feel good about yourself or in order to feel like you're making progress or moving mm-hmm. forward. And that's definitely not the case. Yeah, totally agree with that. Yeah. And I think it's so important too for women to remember that our bodies fluctuate so much. And yes, maybe you did uh, gain some like three pounds on a trip or five pounds on a trip or whatever it might be. Um, Probably the majority of that is water weight in general and inflammation. And maybe there's a little bit of fat gain, but give it three weeks of consistency. All of that will go away. Exactly. And that's the thing, like trust the process. It's so easy to understand that, but it's so hard to do because we're so used to that instant gratification. So like, that's why it's difficult to like be patient because like when we're doing those daily habits, we're not going to receive the reward right away. We have to stick with it day to day, week by week, month by month, and it'll pay off. Um, yeah, absolutely. And I think that's so important to remember. And I think it's, it's great that you do promote that so much with 
your page and your coaching. And I definitely try to as well. So what kind of like really pushed you to want to pursue a career in the fitness industry and with coaching? Yeah, that's a good question. So as I said, my aunt's a personal trainer. Um, She actually trained like celebrities. So I was like, when I was little, I looked at her and I was like, I want to be like her when I grow up. I had a huge passion for fitness when I was younger, when I got into sports and I was so passionate about it. And when I got to school, like in college, I majored in biology, right? And I had to do chemistry. And I was like, fuck chemistry. I hate this. This sucks. So (laughs) I decided to put that on the back burner. And my dad is a lawyer. So I was following in his footsteps. And I majored in biology instead, um, thinking that that is what I wanted to do with my career. And then But honestly, like in the back of my head, like throughout those four years of college, I was telling myself, you know what, I want to be a personal trainer, health and fitness is my passion. I know this is my passion, my gut's telling me, but then um, my mind is saying like, okay, but you're doing this now, it's too late to go back to it. Because I thought that you had to be really young to get started in the fitness industry. And I was like 21, 22 um when I was that is really young (laughs) I thought you'd be like 16 or like 17 like someone like I don't know I had like people growing up tell me that you had to like be in high school to get started in the fitness industry and be successful with it so no that is so not true for anyone listening I know I know I know but I was always told that growing up and I was like you know what it's too late for me so might as well just stick to this and settle and then I graduated, right? I graduated with a uh, bachelor's in criminology and I was like getting ready to like study for the LSAT, um, go into law school, potentially all that stuff. And I was miserable. I did not want to do that. I wanted to do personal training. So I had like an existential life crisis during COVID. (laughs) Um, And I was like, I don't know what to do. I have a degree, but I don't want to use it. I don't know what to do. But then, um, one time when I was on Instagram, I saw Just Post, who is also someone that you did, had on your podcast recently, and she was um, posting stories about her working with clients and um, getting started with her own like fitness business and everything, all that. So I, I reached out to her and I asked her, how did you get started with this? And she told me about Zach, who helps fitness coaches get started with their online business. So mm-hmm. I hit him up. I was like, you know what? Let's just see how this goes. I applied for his program and then it just changed my life when I applied. I've learned so much and not only learning how to like start up my own business as a coach, but also that gave me more confidence knowing that someone was helping me get started with the fitness industry, even though in my head, I was like, I'm very late to the game, but I can see that someone that I know who is around my age getting started with this. So it was encouraging for me to also get started because of knowing someone that did that at my age as well. 
Absolutely. And there's so many people that start in the fitness industry or start later on. And it's not even later on. Again, you're you're still so young and there's still <laughs> so much time. So that's not even a concern at all. But I think it is really important to recognize that like people change their life path and their trajectory all the time. It doesn't matter what age you are. Mm-hmm. As long as you have something that you're passionate about and willing to work towards, I think that's all that really matters. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's definitely scary to get started. But once you kind of see the impact that you can make and how you can change people's lives that's what keeps you going yeah exactly and that's what's helped me a lot and helped me learn and realize too like everyone comes from different walks of life and like I'm not too old and I'm not under qualified because that's definitely something that I've struggled with too and I've um had low self-confidence with that too like I'm just like am I qualified enough as a coach am I experienced enough right so that's definitely something that I've always struggled with because I see people who started when they were like, I said, like high school or like when they were super, super young with like coaching and like personal training. So um, it's definitely still like a work in progress for me, but I've learned so much um, yeah. ever since I started back in 2020. Yeah. And again, I, I think it's such a, it's such a funny topic because I've talked about this with so many people on the podcast that when you picture your life when you're like in middle school or high school and you picture like your timeline, we all have an idea of what we think our life is going to look like or the timeline that we think we need to be successful. But there's really no real timeline. And I think people just at that age too prioritize all of the wrong things. Like when I started in college as well I thought oh I needed to go to medical school because I need to be a doctor if I want to be successful and I want to make money and I want to have a good life and then scratched all of that decided to pursue coaching and personal training instead and you're taking a different path doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be easier because it's usually not but it also doesn't mean it's not the right decision right and I also think school just like the culture that pushes a certain mold that you need to fit to be successful you know what I mean like you have to hit this milestone or like you have to look for colleges at this age you have to think about looking for a job at this age like yeah well definitely pressures us to be in such a rush and there's this urgency to like make all of these to-do lists and like what you need to do at a certain age to be successful quote-unquote successful Absolutely. And successful, you're absolutely right. Successful doesn't have just one definition. Success is going to look different for every single person. And that's also a really important thing to remind her, especially because people do tend to put so much pressure on themselves with these timelines, when those timelines are really just something we create. It's the same idea, like the same concept of like, money isn't real, you know, like, there's endless amounts of money in the world, but everyone gets so, so worried about hitting that next level or whatever it might be, um, or with coaching, like getting X number of clients or whatever it might be when the impact and the people is how you get to that next level. It's the same thing with any type of like self-employment job and same thing with your timeline. Like, the more effort you put into having like a perfect plan, quote unquote, the mm-hmm. more anxiety ridden and overwhelming it's going to be. But when you just focus on what actually fuels your fire and the passion, everything else does line up. Yes, I totally. Yeah, for sure. I totally agree with that. And it's something that I feel like a lot of people, I don't know, I feel like after COVID and like post COVID people are like kind of putting more thought into what truly makes them happy 
and what truly defines success in their definition and their opinion, which is awesome, right? Um, I don't know if you feel the same, but that's something that I've noticed, especially with looking at social media, but maybe- Absolutely, I know, 100%. I think that social media has changed drastically. I think there's a lot of really beneficial changes, especially in the fitness industry and a lot more focus on like well-being and mental health, which is so needed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Love that. No, and I, I think that's really great as a philosophy to bring into your business as well, because fitness is not just the physical. Fitness is also mental. It's also about building self-confidence. It's also mm-hmm. about building a lifestyle. And I think that a lot of people make that mistake going into their fitness journey of just thinking that it needs to look like whatever everyone else is doing or when it, what anyone else is doing, but that's not the case. It's the yeah. same as your life plan and trajectory. It's going to change and it's going to look different. Exactly. And that's the thing. A fitness journey is just like life. You are going to run into roadblocks. And I feel like people think people, I think people like know this in the back of their head, but they expect like a a linear upwards trend all the time. Um, Nothing bad going on, but just like a fitness journey, it's like life. And that's how I tell it to my clients. Like things happen in life. Things don't go as planned. Same with a fitness journey. Sometimes things don't go as planned and sometimes things aren't aligned with what we want sometimes and Mm -hmm. you gotta figure out how to be stronger and also like overcome it and also make adjustments and figure out like how we can best control the situation when things are out of our control absolutely yeah and yeah with everything in life there's never going to be full control in all aspects it's going to come (laughs) down to being able to surrender but still stay aligned in like your daily habits and what you do each and every day that's going to build up those changes to those big lifestyle changes yeah totally agree with that I love it and what is one of the most common mistakes that you have seen being made in the fitness industry, especially with people just getting started on their journey now, like in 2021 and 2022? That's a good question. Honestly, like I feel like people force themselves to like a certain activity to get to where they need to be. But honestly, I feel like fitness is something that people are very like narrow towards like I think fitness is fitness for you if you enjoy the activity if you don't enjoy the activity then don't do it right yeah it's mean to you like if you don't enjoy strength training then don't do strength training do your absolutely love cardio hey cardio don't do cardio then do something else that you absolutely enjoy doing I think that people force themselves to do a certain activity because they're told to do it. And they're like, yeah, like you want to get to the body of your dreams, then, you know, you got to sometimes suck it up and do what you need to do to get there. But all in all, fitness should be enjoyable. I think fitness needs to be enjoyable. And that's what's going to lead to consistency. Yeah, no, I I completely agree with you. There's so many different types of fitness, so many different types of ways to stay active. And everyone's going to enjoy something different and none of them are bad. And yes, you can utilize different types of fitness for different physical goals. But as long as you can stay active and stay healthy, that's always the most important thing. Yeah, exactly. And I feel like people... Like I, like within uh, my program, we have our clients track their macros, right? But there are some people that just don't want to track their macros because it messes with their mindset or they just don't want to get into that. They're not interested. And you know what, when I tell, when I'm on a call with those people that are not interested in macro tracking, I just tell them, okay, this is not for you then. Yeah. 
then we move forward because macro tracking is part of my program. And if you want to get serious and with your physique goals and also with your strength goals, macro tracking is going to be super beneficial. And I'm not going to force it on them if they don't want to do it. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Yeah, no, I completely agree. And I think it's definitely not an investment in time and energy and knowledge that a lo- that everyone wants to make. Mm-hmm. I do think tracking macros is beneficial for everybody, but not everyone wants to put in that effort. And I'm the like, if you don't want it for yourself, don't do it because you're not going to be able to stay consistent with it. Exactly. Because as coaches, we can only do so much to motivate you, to educate you, to help you, to support you. But all in all, at the end of the day, it is up to you. And no one's going to want it more unless you want it more. Oh, 100%. You have to want it and you have to be willing to work for it because the work ethic, that's up to you. And I I talk about this with my clients all the time. And I just like those tough love chats are so needed because (laughs) you don't hire a coach so they can do the work for you. You hire a coach to guide you and support you and educate you so that you can put in the work and change your life. Yeah, no, I totally agree with that. And I think also too, like with people getting into like fitness and everything, I think that, you know, like I said, like people feel like they have to do a certain thing or um, I don't know. I'm trying to like get my train of thought. There's so many thoughts going on in my head right now. No, yeah. I think a lot of people get into the fitness industry and maybe they like follow a certain type of person or they have an influencer online that they absolutely (laughs) love and they follow all of their workouts, but it's not necessarily a workout they enjoy doing. Mm -hmm. Um, People just think that there's one way of doing things, especially if you follow people who promote one thing, whether it's keto or intermittent fasting or powerlifting or... Zumba or whatever it is, but Mm -hmm. there's so many different types of ways to utilize fitness and fall in love with it. And I think that's a really, you're right. It's a very common mistake that we see being made is people think there's only one way of achieving a goal when in fact, there's many, many different ways. Yeah, I totally agree with that. I also think too, like I do this for myself too. I I'm, I'm very real with my clients. I tell them struggles that I face. I'm very transparent with them. I feel like some times on social media we see like picture perfect and like people don't really um, express or explain the actual like struggles they go through too it's always about motivation positivity um I see abs like muscle definition you know there's sometimes I feel like I, I wish social media shows more of the struggles that we all face within our fitness journey I wish there was more awareness about that too because we all struggle with that everybody does but absolutely. what do we see on social media we don't see much of that in my opinion yeah absolutely and I think who you follow makes a big difference as well like you have to be careful with the people that you follow and what you're mm-hmm. taking and like the advice you're intaking, what their knowledge is, their background is, and be very diverse in who you follow and kind of make sure you're fact-checking as well so you know that you're actually taking good advice. Um, Because I agree, I don't think there's enough raw realness. I think it's actually very hard to portray that on social media and really show up when you are in those hard moments. For me, I definitely... I definitely feel like going online and like talking when I'm struggling with something is not easy for me to do. Um, Mm -hmm. It's easier for me to be on there when I'm very positive and like in a good headspace. But I do think it's so important to be able to reflect on those things as well and share that side of it. I totally agree with you. Yeah. 
And I feel like when we show up on social media, we want to feel our best too. So it makes sense that we show up in a positive light, like you were saying, because we feel good. We feel great to show up on social media in that sense. Exactly, exactly. And it's definitely, it's easier though. It, it is uncomfortable to show up on social media in a way where you might not feel as comfortable with what you're sharing or as comfortable with yourself in that moment, but it's important to have kind of all aspects shared. So I love that. And I think that goes into like the body image side of things as well. And just like being able to accept yourself, even when you're struggling, like even if you might not love certain parts of yourself or certain parts Mm -hmm. of your body, maybe in that moment, if you can still show up and share those thoughts and feelings in general, I think that's a really important thing. Yeah, I totally agree with that. Everyone's going to have their own insecurities. Like everyone needs to remember everyone likes certain things about their body and everyone doesn't everyone has things that they're just like, eh, this could be better, you know? Absolutely. And it's, it's not easy in those moments to kind of reflect on those things and take that pressure off of yourself. But it is important to be able to do so in order to take that, again, like pressure off and be able to come back into yourself in the moment and get your body and your mind into a better place to kind of reset and restart that, that thought process about yourself, because it everything is going to reflect your mindset and how you see yourself and how you speak to yourself. Yeah, speaking to yourself, that's super important, because I like we are our worst critics, right? And it's always like, okay, like, why am I so hard on myself? Why am I saying this to myself? Would I say this to someone else, right? And you're like, no, I wouldn't say this to someone else. So why am I saying this to myself? Yeah, absolutely. Again, we're all the hardest on ourselves than we are with anyone else. And I think it's so important in those moments when you are being really hard on yourself to kind of take a step back and realize like why you're speaking to yourself like that and change the narrative. Like that's, that's such a huge topic. And your mindset is going to dictate your success. Like as much as anything else, as much as your daily actions, your mindset's going to dictate your success because it's going to be what propels you forward or holds you back. Exactly. It's cliche to say, but mindset is everything, honestly, in anything you do. Absolutely. I completely agree. And (laughs) honestly, Jess, you freaking crushed it. I loved everything. I think it's so important. And I wanted to kind of go through just some like fun girly chit chat type of questions. I always think those are so fun to like, finish up. Um, So tell us what your favorite part about living in San Diego and living on the West Coast is. Oh my gosh. Everything, honestly. <laughs> well, obviously the beaches. Um, I live very close to Pacific Beach. I live like two, a two-minute walk, which is amazing. I'm so grateful for that. But also meeting people from different walks of life. Like, I feel like people in San Diego are not from San Diego. Like, you're not from San Diego. I'm not no. from San Diego. <laughs> all from different states. And it's so cool to, like, all come together in one area where we, when we all come from different parts of the country so I think that's pretty dope and I think that um there's just so much to do around here obviously and you're never bored in San Diego oh my god never there's so much to do here yeah (laughs) no I love it and I totally agree everyone in San Diego is a transplant so we all come (laughs) from different places we all have different reasons different stories (laughs) but I think everyone in San Diego that I've met is very like-minded which is really Mm -hmm. cool because you definitely don't see that in every city no, you. I definitely agree with you. I think that they're, they call it the San Diego bubble for a reason. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. A hundred percent. Because it is very like um, 
active lifestyle, very open-minded. There's a lot of entrepreneurship here and it's mm-hmm. very, very welcoming, I think. I think it's welcoming too. I, I felt that too when I first moved here. That's one thing I've noticed. Oh, I love that. And uh, these are just kind of like going back to the like insecurity, like confidence, because so many women struggle with body image. But what are your biggest tips for self-confidence? Biggest tips for self-confidence? Good question. So in one sense, like practicing what I preach, right? Practicing what I preach when I am talking to my clients on what they should be doing. I check myself and I'm like, am I doing those things myself? And if I'm doing those things myself, I feel more confident because I know what I'm saying is true to me and also true to them when I also teach them and I coach them as well. But self-confidence in general, my biggest tip is to honestly get to know yourself better. And that is through, I think, journaling. Like, I'm not saying this just because other people say it, but honestly, personally, like when I started journaling and really getting into my own thoughts and getting into my own ways of thinking and also um, how I act and my strengths and weaknesses, it's helped me develop more self-confidence because I know what I want, first of all, and I know what's good for me versus what's not good for me and that it has increased my self-confidence because I know myself better. So that's one way of also increasing self-confidence too. I love that. And that's actually, it's funny because the um, last podcast I just recorded was all about how like staying true to yourself and your values and keeping your word to yourself is one Mm -hmm. of the biggest things that help with self-confidence and like a positive mental health. So I love that answer. Mm -hmm. Um, And my next question is what qualities do you look for in a partner and in Mm -hmm. your friendships? Partner and friendships, like obviously loyalty and honesty, but I think that in order to have a successful friendship and partnership, ego and pride need to disappear. I think that relationships and friendships can be very successful when both parties let their ego drop their ego and take 100% accountability and responsibility for their actions and for their words. And there is clear communication on both sides where both parties are satisfied. So that's what I truly believe. And Uh, for the friendships I have now and um, everything else going on. um, That is what I feel is right. And that's what's happening. And that's why my friendships are successful, Um, especially with my roommate Paige. (laughs) We're really really good with our friendship and our relationship as a roommate because both of us don't have egos. We call each other out on our bullshit and we're both very understanding towards each other as well so I think ego and pride need to disappear in those senses yeah and that I mean that really just comes from being honest with yourself too and being like Mm -hmm. what do I deserve what do I need with the people around me and how can I show up as what I need and what I know I deserve and what they deserve as well so I love that answer I think that's so true and I think everything we talked about today just kind of goes back to the same kind of qualities of having self-awareness and like doing what's best for you as a whole. So not just the physical, not just how you fit into your clothes, not just the number on the scale, but like how you can become that best version of yourself, like inside and out and align your lifestyle with your values too. I totally agree. Your environment and the people you surround yourself with like plays a huge role in that too. And um, I feel like people, I don't know. I feel like 
the people I've talked to in my life, they're starting to like realize that more, like seeing that their environment is um, hindering them from reaching to where they want to be with success. If that makes absolutely. sense. Absolutely. No, absolutely. And I agree. I mean, it's, it's funny because um, when I moved to the West coast, my, my dad pretty much the last thing he kind of said, he didn't really support my move. I didn't have financial <laughs> support. And so pretty much what he said to me was you don't, you don't find happiness where you go, like wherever you go, your problems follow you. And I was like, you know what? I don't know about that. <laughs> I was like, I don't know if that's true. And on some level, yes, it's true. Like, and the shit that you have to deal with, like we all have to deal with that stuff. But on another level, if you're in the right environment, you're surrounded by the right people, the right influences, that can make a huge impact on your productivity, your mindset, your happiness, and your projected growth. Oh, absolutely. Which is why I like, moved to the West Coast too, to be surrounded by like people like you and like other fitness coaches. Like It's just made the biggest difference with not only productivity, but also inspiration and your drive and motivation, especially too, because that definitely is affected I I think the most in that sense when you change your environment and change the people that you surround yourself with yeah oh 100% and I love that so much I think this was such a inspiring episode and again a lot of what I do with this podcast is just share people's stories because we all have come from somewhere we all have our own struggles and I think it's so important to see that again not everyone's perfect we all got our shit but you can always create something out of well I want to say create something out of nothing, but it's not like it was nothing, but you Mm -hmm. created something amazing through those struggles. Yes, exactly. And I think everyone is capable of doing it. It's all about just making those promises to yourself and also putting in the work too. Like, are you putting it your all? Are you half-assing it? Right. It's either a yes or a no. Right. So I think that, um, yeah, I just wanted to say thank you so much for having me. Yes. No, thank you so much, Jess, for coming on. I appreciate it. I will be linking Jess's Instagram. Um, I will link her coaching info. So if you want to check her out on socials, I will have that linked in the description. And again, thank you so much for coming on and we'll see you in the next one. Bye. Thank you. Bye.